Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Welcome to Inside the Chamber. I'm Kaylin Risvold, President and CEO of the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce. Inside the Chamber is our way of bringing a healthy dialogue about meaningful topics that matter to our business community to life. Our Chamber mission of moving business forward towards an engaged, thriving community happens when we are your advocate and your resource for our community. And Inside the Chamber allows us to do and be just that. Our program today is all about hiring. We're going to talk about what employers need to do when they hire, tips for those doing the interviewing, and tips for those on the interviewee side. Joining us on our expert panel is Samantha Meredith. We owe a case manager from Directions Training, Bill Lehman, general manager of Employee Source Temp Solutions, and Ducky Wen, a business performance advisor at Insperity. Thank you all so much for joining us here today. And let's dive straight in. Samantha, I'm going to start with you. When posting a job, what are a few tips for the employer? Being very specific and making sure that you're letting the, the candidate know exactly what it is that they're applying for and what your expectations are so that there's nothing that's misleading or overlooked when they're applying for that. And they're confident in knowing that what they're applying for, they're qualified for. Absolutely. Now, Bill, have you noticed um, due to COVID-19 and the pandemic, how has that really changed this whole process of posting for jobs and interviewing? How has that changed uh, what employers are doing? I'm not sure that the posting piece has changed a whole lot. Employers are still going out and um, using, you know, uh, technology on job boards, networking, uh, social media to try to uh, find the best candidates. But I think the, the interview process has certainly changed. I think uh, the advent of, you know, Zoom becoming or, you know, other video uh, interview uh, platforms, using those to screen candidates, um, you might... Um, see the candidates a little bit more uh, in the beginning of the process where before it might have been a phone screen. So I think people are getting comfortable with with Zoom and other uh, video platforms. That's, um, I guess it's changing the way that uh, uh, employers are looking at it and also the way job searchers are preparing for those first screens where before it was a phone call, now it might be a Zoom call. And Bill, do you see that sticking around long term of the phone screens going away in lieu of a video meeting? Yeah, I think they're all an important process in the job search. Um, I think phone screens are convenient. You know, somebody's in a car, they, they don't have a lot of time if they're reaching out to candidates. But I think um, I think we found that the that the video call, that the video interview is a is a real useful resource and a great tool to use when you're searching for candidates. So I think it's 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 here to stay. But I, I think you'll also see the in-person interview uh, come back, especially in the final steps. I think that's still a real important feature, uh, being able to understand the candidates and the candidates being able to understand, you know, the job and, and the, the hiring manager and the culture of the company that they're looking to um, to interview for. Sure. And Samantha, now when we're talking about posting jobs as a business, uh, do we put in their virtual remote, you know, is that a more common question now and will that question go away? 
And that's actually one of the things that I had a, a note to talk about was that now in the process, you, you do see a lot more that there's virtual work, there's remote work. And that's one of the things that's even changed in the interview process is asking questions around remote work. You know, what, you know, do you have a quiet place? Things like that. But then on the employee side, they're not all the time used to being able to work from home. So then you have the concern of, oh, well, my kids are in the background. Are they going to hear that? Are they going to bust into the room? So there's a lot more worry around that, too, for, for people that are looking. Interesting. Now, Ducky, when we're talking about people posting jobs and looking for it, I recently posted a few jobs on uh, for the chamber, and I put in there cover letters required. Is cover letters, you know, is that something that a lot of people really require? And what's something that people can put in their cover letters to make them stand out in this virtual world? So cover letters are never really required unless they're uh, explicitly said it is, but you should always include one because cover letters and resumes are two entirely different things. Your resume should be what your educational background, your skill set, and uh, really have those details uh, about your work history and your experience. Your cover letter is what sells you. It's your marketing, uh, marketing plan, marketing sheet. You have to show the value that you bring to the organization. And so it should never regurgitate what you have on your resume. Um, it should be in addition to it and support everything that it's saying on there. So resume is the facts, cover letter is your marketing piece. And uh, always do something um, eye-catching for it because a lot of times when um, people see cover letters that come through, they're boring. Oh, I'm applying for this job and whatnot. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> you know, sometimes they're looking at 500 applications a day. And if you have a boring cover letter, they're going to skip your resume. Always use words that are included in the job description. And uh, what I actually used to do is I used to actually put um, a mantra, a phrase, a vision. Uh, my favorite one was help others succeed and you will too from Les Browns. So I do that, you know, do something that's different and uh, really be excited and be proud of your achievements, so. Should cover letters be customized to each, each job posting or is there, some, is there something wrong with just including a form cover letter? It should always be customized. Everything should be customized, whether it's a cover letter or a resume or even a, a quick email introduction, which is should be a short blurb of your um, cover letter. Um, it should always be tailored to the position. Obviously, if you're going to be applying for a graphic design position, you're going to, you're going to want to make something colorful, something fun. But if you're applying for a job at Ernst & Young or something, then obviously you want it monochrome and uh, very professional and straight to the point. Um, and also, I think of what a lot of people don't do is um, they don't have a call of action at the end of that cover letter, which you should, where you should have your, your phone number and say, you know, this is where you can best reach me for extra questions, but also add, I will be reaching out to show that type of initiative and do it. You know, make good on your promise if you're going to be reaching out. Absolutely. And Bill, do you have anything to add on what uh, people applying for jobs can really do to stand out in their cover letter or resume in that list of 500 or so that Ducky's talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think she, um, she brought up a lot of really good points. I think, um, you know, Again, I'll just say is being specific to the job that you're applying for and being able to relate something that's eye-catching or attention 
anything in the first sentence or two of that cover letter, chances are that they're not going to read the whole thing um, unless something um, catches their attention and, and you know makes them think you're an attractive candidate. So really thinking outside the box a little bit, but still keeping it professional, still um, you know not doing anything crazy. It still needs to look professional and uh, but but something specific that's going to grab their attention certainly is important. Sure. And Samantha, any tips from you on something to do, be that attention grabber, to do that does help grab attention to get that phone screen or to get that first round interview? You always want to, to quantify what you've done in, in your previous roles or what, again, like Ducky said, something that makes you stand out, something that is makes you stand out as an individual, but that is specific to the role that you're applying for that's going to grab their attention. And, and, and will attract them to you based on what they're looking for. So again, tailoring it is definitely a good thing and a must. Yeah, and I will say, you know, like in my job postings, I put cover letters are required. I personally really like the cover letters, and I like the attention grabbing. I like when it's customized. I like when it's tailored because I feel like you researched into my company. You looked at my company. You went that extra step to really see how you would fit in with us and I noticed that on a small scale and I'm certainly not looking at 500 applicants <laughs> a day. Uh, so once we start that first round interview, be it Zoom, uh, uh, Teams, on the phone, etc., what is something that interviewees can do to prep for that short first meeting? Samantha, what are your ideas? You just brought up one of them. They always need to research the company, find out what they do, what their vision is, their mission, those types of things. But they also need to be prepared with questions. When you don't ask questions, it's clear that you haven't done your research. So make sure that you have a few questions that you have prepared ahead of time so that you can show that to the interviewer that you have researched and that you are interested. Ducky, what are some examples of good questions that you've heard interviewees ask in an interview? So um, questions on their specific role, for example, um, what are the benchmarks that you want to see in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? Um, questions um, in regards to the organization, like what are the biggest challenges of the organization? What are the largest successes? Where do you see the organization in five years? Um, and also, you know, to the, the interviewer, where what do you like best about the job? What do you, how do you feel like you fit in the culture? What was your pathway to where you were um, within the organization? So just really thoughtful, um, thoughtful, meaningful questions to engage that interviewer and to show that, you know, you are excited and you want this job and you've done your research, just like Samantha and Bill said in earlier. And Bill, your tips for best questions to have interviewees kind of stand out or that they should really be asking during this process. Yeah, I think you want to ask specific questions. Uh, uh, Samantha and Ducky both you know, with great points. Um, in addition, I would say, you know, asking the interviewer um, what kind of people have been successful in this role, what kind of attributes and skill sets did they have, and then when you get the answer to that, you want to be able to go to your experience and your background and be able to tie those together. So being able to say, well. Oh, well, you know, I, I see that, you know, you say that this time management is very important in this role. Um, you know, I have excellent time management skills and I've exhibited that in my last, you know, my previous two positions in doing X, Y, Z. So being able to be specific, being able to tie, you know, once the interviewer tells you what they're looking for and tells you what is successful 
um, in that role, being able to show that you have those attributes and skills and have had that experience is, um, is very compelling to the interviewer. They see, you know, they can quantify the fact that, you know, you've, you, you can do the things that they're looking for. So I think that's really important. Awesome. Thank you. And I will share my favorite question when we come back. Naperville Bank and Trust has the expertise, knowledge, and experience to help you reach your business goals. They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a, a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. And banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg. It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit for who your business is instead of just being, well, instead of just being a number. Naperville Bank and Trust, bring it home. Welcome back. So one of my favorite questions to be asked through the interview process is what questions or concerns do you have about me as a candidate? Uh, I find that to be a very bold question. It puts the interviewer on the spot a little bit, but it also gives me time to address some of the concerns or questions that I have so that I can be upfront through the process. And I think it's incredibly important to really be upfront and honest and authentic with each other. And that kind of plays into some situational and behavioral questions. So when an interviewer asks an interviewee some of those situational behavioral questions, questions, give me an example, give me a time. Is there a better process to come up with an example on the fly that can really demonstrate that? Ducky, do you have any tips? Sure. So one of the tips that I would give uh, interviewees when they are asked those type of situational and behavioral questions is to use the STAR method. So the STAR method is S, talk about the situation, T, the task at hand or the task that you're assigned. A, the action, actions and processes that you can use to solve that problem and are the results. So whenever you're thinking about that question, just always follow that method and you have a surefire way of answering the question the way the interviewer wants to hear uh, and giving that specific example. So you're not doing it a roundabout way or thinking on the fly, but even if you are thinking on the fly, you're doing it in a methodical manner that will, uh, that will definitely help you in the success of that interview. 
and Bill, do you have any tips for when someone asks you a question that you're really not prepared for? Well, I think it's important to be honest. Um, if, if you don't have the, the answer that they're looking for, uh, be honest about it and maybe try to turn it to um, another example of something that you're prepared to talk about. Um, you know, again, the research that goes into um, and the preparation that goes into getting ready for an interview, you should be very comfortable with what they're looking for in the job description and you should already be prepared to talk about a couple of things that um, that you have in your background or your experience that you think tie in very well for what they're looking for so if you are asked a question that you're you don't really have an answer to or maybe you don't have experience in that area try to turn it to something else where you can show that you have um, the skill set or the experience that um, that matches with what they're looking for Absolutely. And Samantha, do you have anything to add? You know, is there a good way to pivot that so people aren't just saying no? You know, tell me about a time you've managed someone. Well, I haven't. You know, is there a better way to make that transition? And very much like Bill said, one, be upfront and honest that you, you know, you're not prepared to answer that question. However, tie it to some, like he was saying, tie it to something else. So while you may not directly have managed people, you'd still probably have done some type of management within your role. So tie that in and get it back to what they're asking, but in a, in a roundabout way to still highlight you and what you've done. And at what point can you bring in outside experience, right? I may not have managed at work, but I manage at my church group. I manage at my kid's school. Um, Ducky, is that something that's appropriate to bring in when you're trying to give good examples in the interview? Absolutely, because those are life skill sets that are embedded in you. When I talk when I talk about management, the first thing that comes to my head, I manage my family, my husband, my three very <laughs> rambunctious boys, dealing with different personalities, different schedules, and yet I manage to coordinate it all. That is absolutely applicable to a job description when things are thrown at you and that you can definitely uh, react in an emergency situation, especially when you have families and things go wrong. Um, so, no, absolutely, I think that's... A, that's very applicable to the job, uh, to, to the job and the interview, and I see nothing wrong with bringing those types of examples. It also shows the personality as well, a little bit more about you, genuineness. So, absolutely. Yeah, and that authenticness. And Bill, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. How important is it for you to be authentic? As much as this is an interview, you know, it's an interview on both sides. You want it to be a good cultural fit for both of you. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, again, getting back to being prepared and understanding, you know, everything that goes into the job as much as you can um, on the forefront. Now, I always say to have fun in an interview. Um, don't be afraid to smile. You know, uh, if the interviewer says something funny, don't be afraid to laugh. It's 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 okay. It's okay to have a sense of humor. In fact, most people are looking for that. So um, I think uh, the more comfortable you are in the situation, the more prepared you are, the more you're going to enjoy the interview, the more you're going to learn about the company that you're interviewing for and the person that you're interviewing with gives them a chance to show their lighter side and maybe what they're really all about, which is something that's important when you're going to interview for a job and understanding who you're going to be working for. So I think, um, you know, having fun smiling laughing is all important in the process as well and that is important and, and what else is important to me personally is the follow-up what is your best recommendation for following up once the interview is over it's very important uh, even though times have changed the way we're interviewing and, and the job hunt process i think the follow-up is critical to again you're always looking to differentiate yourself from the other candidate so timely follow-up emphasizing um, shortly 
you know, be short and concise and just tell them why it is that you are good for the job. You know, pointing out a couple things that might have been talked about in the interview, um, some specific things. Maybe you didn't get a chance to mention something that you feel is very important about your background and experience and how it ties to the job. It's an excellent time to um, bring that to the table and um, highlight that piece as well. So maybe you missed out in the interview, but you can still talk about that in the follow-up. So I think it's very important to do it in a timely basis. Um, maybe not a hard copy anymore, but certainly an email or some other um, way to get it out quickly. Yeah, with the way hiring decisions are made, I feel like by the time I might get the hard copy uh, thank you letter, we might have made a, a choice. Um, right. Samantha, tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are on appropriate follow-up and what's the best way to stand out as a candidate. Like Bill said, you, you definitely want to make it in a timely fashion, you don't want to wait because by the time they get it, like you said, Kaylin, they could have already made a decision. So you want to be timely with it. You definitely want to point out things that maybe happened in the interview that they're going to remember that are going to make you stand out and you come back to the front of their mind because they could have interviewed 20 people and here they get this note from Samantha and they think, who in the world is Samantha? I don't even remember. But if I put in something that we talked about specific that was specific to me or to them, they're going to remember me. And then the, it, my face will pop up and they'll remember. Awesome. And, and Ducky, I feel like we keep talking about this, and you brought it up as well, is just that customization. You know, customization in the follow-up letter, customization in the cover letter. It's The whole process is about being custom, and that takes a lot of work uh, for both sides. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to do that customized follow-up? Does that make a difference, do you think? I absolutely believe it makes a difference, and I, I still believe in the hard copy. I used to actually always, whenever I came out of a meeting, I'd have thank you cards and stamps in my car. So right <laughs> then and there, I would write something, refer it back to um, a situation, the meeting or something we talked about, and then send it off the mailbox right in front of their office or whatnot. And I've always used that as best price. You open up my glove compartment, there's thank you cards, because that, to me, really helps you stand out. Um, in one particular situation, where I wrote a letter to um, a, a, a law firm and I was very vulnerable in my letter and just uh, talked about me especially and the, the traits I brought. And it, it got me an interview and going in there and you know, then uh, having a great mentor uh, later on in life just because of that one, uh, that one thank you card that I sent out handwritten. That's awesome, what a great story. Um, all right, final tips and tricks. Samantha, give us your best tips and tricks for those on both sides here, those looking to hire, those rock star candidates, and those looking to raise their hand and say, hey, I am your person. So one of the things on the interview side is to make sure that you're asking questions that will really help you to understand that candidate's personality because that's going to help you understand where they're going to fit into the organization and how they're going to fit in. And by not getting to know that piece, for instance, if there's someone that they, they tell you right away, I don't like to be micromanaged, but you know that in that role, that manager does have tendency to micromanage a little bit, they're not going to stay and you're going to be back in this, this hunt again. So asking those questions up front to understand where they're going to fit in, how they'll fit in, and, and if you can make that work. And then on the, the candidate side, being positive, just make sure that you know, you're being positive in the interview. A lot of times they're going to ask you questions about your previous employer, your previous position, and it may not have been the best experience, but you don't want to portray that. So you just, you know, maybe that you and your manager just 
didn't get along. And you can say our, our styles were very different, but it taught me a lot and I was able to grow professionally to be positive and move on. I really like that piece of advice right there. You know, it goes back to the authenticness we've been talking about of, hey, this may not have worked, but I learned from it. And I think that's important to show kind of how you've grown as a professional. Uh, thank you for that. Bill, what about you? Tips and tricks for uh, our interviewees and interviewers. I think on the interviewer side, um, I would say sometimes employers don't prepare the same way that the job seeker, the interviewee um, is preparing. So the, the more time you put into it uh, in preparing for the interview, both to look at the resume and understand the background of the candidate, as well as really um, define some of the things that you're looking for in a candidate before you walk into the interview, it will help you um, do a better job interviewing and understand better um, if the candidate's a good fit or not. And on the candidate side, um, don't ever forget uh, the kind of call to action at the end of the interview, um, you know, reinstating, hey, I really enjoyed the time. I think, you know, more, the more I learned about this position, I really feel that I'm a great fit and I'm very interested in moving forward. You know, what can I expect as the next step? So really showing that interest and affirming that you're, um, you're, you really want the job and that you're looking forward to the next step, I think is important um, as the interviewee. Awesome. Thank you. And Ducky, what about you? On the employer side uh, and uh, and employee, I, I, my best advice is thinking of it as a marketing. So when you're doing a job description, market it. Market it the way a social media uh, a social media platform would do it to get the interest that you want. Same thing. Make sure that um, you're doing research for the person that you want because you want the right person in the right seat. Because if they're not, they're not going to stay with the organization. They're not going to be engaged and you're not going to get that best ROI on that employee. Um, as well as the employee side, um, again, the genuineness, authenticity, um, and being creative and just thinking outside of the box to help you stand out. So always that customization, um, your smile is your, especially like those that always smile, always laugh that is you know your trademark um and just have people warm up to you and both sides prepare 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 be clear be concise awesome well thank you all so much samantha bill and ducky thank you for joining me and sharing your expertise and your wisdom and thank you for watching inside the chamber Thank you for investing time and becoming more aware of what the Chamber does for the community. And watch us each month right here at NCTV 17. And remember, the Chamber is your resource for knowledge, power, and business-forward programs that stand up for you and our community. Thank you. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank & Trust.